So let's have a look at some examples of tectonic hazards that we've got. Firstly, there are, uh, let's look at earthquakes in high-income in countries. And this example is L'Aquila in Italy. So on the 6th of April 2009, there was an earthquake with a magnitude of 6.3 in L'Aquila in Italy. And there are several different primary and secondary effects and different kinds of responses. So let's start with the primary effects. Well, more than 300 people died and about 1,500 people were in injured. And more than 60,000 people became homeless. As well as this, a bridge near Fossa, which is a town in Italy, and a water pipe near um, Paganica, also a town, were broken. There are also some secondary effects, uh, including aftershocks and infrastructure damage. There were aftershocks that caused further damage, and all telecommunications and electricity infrastructure was up and running um, in less than 24 hours. So despite the fact that there was and infrastructure damage, all these telecommunications were up and running back in less than 24 hours. So let's look at the immediate and long-term responses. The immediate responses were uh, shelter and support. So homeless people were given shelter, food and drinks and medical attention, and were also given mobile phones and SIM cards, which meant that they could contact their families and help arrange further support and help. As well as this, the army, medical personnel and the fire department all helped clear the wreckage. And finally, long-term responses. So 20,000 people were rehoused in the area and the city centre was rebuilt. Um, and the inability of these modern buildings to cope with earthquakes was investigated so that in the future, the same problems didn't happen if an earthquake was to strike again. Here's another high-income country, New Zealand. So in September 2010, there was an earthquake in Christchurch in New Zealand. The earthquake had a magnitude of 7.1. On the 22nd of February 2011, there was another earthquake with a magnitude of 6.3. So we have a few different effects and responses. The primary effects were that nobody died in the first earthquake, but 185 people died in the second. Buildings were weakened and some collapsed in the second earthquake. So this is something that can happen if there is an aftershock. That the first earthquake might damage buildings, but the second earthquake may make them collapse. So something to it's a real it's a real risk. Then the secondary effects well that includes the large aftershock which came six months after the first, which was happened in February, which caused the majority of the damage and the loss of life. Now let's have a look at some of the responses. So the immediate responses is despite lots of power being lost, seventy five percent of the power was back on within ninety six hours. And a national state of emergency was declared on the 23rd of February 2011. In the long term, thousands of homes were demolished because they could not be inhabited again. As well as this, a special site at Avonhead Park Cemetery was created. So now we've gone through those, let's have a bit of a recap. So we've got a multiple choice question here. Which of the following was not a long term response to the L'Aquila earthquake? So this is a not a long-term response. Our options are the city centre was rebuilt, the government declared a tax break in the area, and 20,000 people were rehoused in the area. So of all the options here, the one that I have not spoken about was a tax break in the area, because it didn't happen. So that was the one that was not a long-term response. Now let's have a look at earthquakes in a low-income country. So in Kashmir in Pakistan, 
there was an earthquake on the 8th of October 2005, and this earthquake had a magnitude of 7.6. Pakistan is a low-income country. So let's have a look at the different effects. The primary effects were that 79,000 people died and lots of buildings collapsed. More than 3 million people became homeless, infrastructure was damaged, and many people had no water or electricity. And so already we can see that in a low-income country, the number of deaths and the number of people becoming homeless is much, much, much higher than a high-income country, such as New Zealand or Italy. Secondary effects were that landslides buried buildings and killed people, which made it even harder to rescue people and then rebuild after. Sewage pipes also broke, which spread contaminated water and disease. And then afterwards, a freezing winter led many people to die of cold shortly after the earthquake and made the recovery time longer and made rescuing and rebuilding harder. Let's have a look at the, some of the different responses that happened in Pakistan. So charities and foreign governments sent workers and helicopters and charities gave, gave out tents and blankets, but a lot of support took a month to arrive. In the long term, thousands of people were relocated to new settlements and government funds, funds are meant to uh, be used to rebuild schools and houses, but many people often just bought food because they were starving. So you can see the differences in income may result in different long-term and short-term responses. And three years later, lots of people were still living in tents. Um, and ultimately, the government changed building regulations to try and stop this damage happening again, which is something that a similar thing happened in Italy when they investigated to see why the building damage was going on. Um, the government changed the building regulations in Pakistan. So there are some similarities between different earthquake responses and um, impacts in different income countries, but the impacts are often more severe in low-income countries because of the different... The infrastructure may be poor, they may be less prepared, and long-term responses often and short-term responses are often not as effective, slower, or may, you know, maybe more people, more people get injured, more people get killed. Um, in low-income countries. That's a quick recap. So what was the magnitude of the earthquake in Kashmir in 2005? We can see that this was 7.6. And this happened in October 2005. And the earthquake had a magnitude of 7.6, just to recap. And going all the way back to the Vakila earthquake, which of these was a secondary effect? We've got a multiple choice question. So, were there aftershocks causing further damage? A bridge near Fossa broken? Or 300 people died? So, looking at these effects, aftershocks, broken bridge, or 300 people dying? Well, the first 300 people dying and a broken bridge are actually primary effects. So, aftershocks causing further damage was the only secondary effect there. Let's look at the primary and secondary effects of the Kashmir earthquake. We've got two options here. There's sewage pipes broke, which spread contaminated water and disease. Now, is that a primary impact or a secondary effect? This is a secondary effect because it happened as a result of the earthquake. Now, the primary effect um, is therefore damaged infrastructure. Many people had no water or electricity. Hey everyone, thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. I hope it was useful for your learning. Make sure you consolidate your knowledge by clicking the link in the bio to be taken to the free online course. Good luck with your studies.